0: How do you not hear that?
1: Blob Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations,
0: Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today is harmlessness and right speech. And also, today we have a gift for you, which will... Uh, talk more about later, so stay with us uh, when I have more time to talk about that gift and how to order it. The main inspiration for the dialogue that you'll hear on this show comes from the works of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and also she's the founder of the Lucis Trust Organization. And we're going to begin with one of her thoughts taken from her literature, the purpose of all speech, is to clothe thought, and thus make our thoughts available for others. Speech reveals, and right speech can unite, just as wrong speech can divide. You know, it seems that people are communicating more than ever today, internet, talk shows, and and so on. Is that a good thing?
1: It's potentially a good thing. Um, Whether it's always uh, used properly, I think, is debatable. Perhaps we should say people are expressing themselves more today. I don't know whether they're communicating, which implies that there is actually an exchange of energy and an exchange of ideas. A lot of the time on the Internet and the talk shows, it seems people just want a platform to talk and to express themselves, and they're not really listening And um, listening is an essential aspect of speech, the ability to hear what another person is really saying and to respond to it. Like the opening um, quotation said, the purpose of speech is to clothe thought, to give it form and substance, and make it available for others. If we thought about our speech in that way, we'd realize that it's um, something quite powerful that we um, put into the world every time we open our mouths. Speech uh, reveals, but it also can conceal. Um, It can veil and hide um, what you're really thinking. But essentially, it's the use of energy for good or ill.
2: That's right. It's a very creative force, and mm-hmm. speech is probably the most spiritual manifestation in existence. Uh, but most of us are not aware of what's happening when we speak. I mean, we're using sound to convey uh, our thoughts and our ideas, and uh, it, it, it depends on the motivation behind the, mm-hmm. that sound. That really makes a difference.
1: The writings of Alice Bailey say that speech is a vehicle for love. I love that thought. It's a vehicle for love. She wrote, in the utilization of words justly chosen and spoken, lies the distribution of love, the force that preserves, strengthens, and stimulates. And when you think of it in that way, um, it is a real energy that uh, can contribute something, or sustain someone, or encourage, or uh, shore up their um, their their own um, strength when they might be faltering. So can silence do those things? Silence, rightly applied, can be extremely uh, loving in expression. The, the sustaining power of silent love can be equally powerful as uh, the spoken word the great um, wisdom is in knowing when each is required when it's necessary to speak and what to say and when it's necessary to remain silent most of us have a hard time sorting those moments out
2: and we need to be more aware, I think, of the uh, the energy that's behind speech and the creative energy, or the destructive aspect of energy that is as behind our speech. Because, as we know, uh, critical speech can be very destructive and harmful to another person. And uh, that that's uh, something we're really not uh, too conscious of, I don't think.
1: Unless we experience uh, destructive speech uh, directed toward us and we get our feathers ruffled and our feelings hurt, then we realize all too well how hurtful wrong speech is. It's something that I think we learn by experiencing for ourselves. It's as if the words that come out of our mouths, because they are headed away from us, don't really (laughs) register in our own experience and understanding. We have to be on the receiving end of speech to know and feel its power.
2: And um, yes, and we have to realize too that as it says uh, in the opening thought that speech is clothing um, ideas. Mm -hmm. And those ideas stay with you. Whatever the idea is, it stays with you for as long as you energize it. It stays in your aura. Certainly
1: things that my mother told me when I was a very little girl have stayed in my brain. Is that what (laughs) you mean? I mean, I was very responsive to what she told me.
2: Well, yes, and it goes back to the idea of critical speech or criticism can build up in your aura, in your being, and it stays with you, and it uh, begins to uh, m- radiate from you, or the from that person.
1: But it's it's not enough to just um, refuse to speak in, inappropriately. I think you also have to correct it on the level of the thought that lies behind it. Um, what was that Greek myth about someone in in um, in the Greek myth, who had bad thoughts. And he wanted to say bad, critical, mean things. So he dug a hole in the earth, and he spoke his his hurtful words into the earth, and then covered it up, and he thought that took care of his, his impulse to speak wrongly. But in fact, it poisoned the earth and nothing would grow there. Did I make that up, or is that a real myth? <laughs> it yeah. sounds, it
2: sounds, <laughs> sounds good. good yeah.
1: Nothing would grow <laughs> on that well, spot.
2: Well, <laughs> that's right. I mean, you yeah. bury it within your own substance of your own consciousness, and nothing will, good will grow there mm-hmm. in your consciousness, except more of the same. Yeah. It attracts more of the same. And that's why we should guard our thoughts and our words with care, otherwise we'll end up like that poor unfortunate person.
1: When we um, think about the fact that we are known by our speech, we're known to others by the kind of speech, the kind of things we say, the ideas and thoughts we express, and that we're also known by our reticence, by the moments when we choose to remain silent uh, this is how other people view us and judge us, by what we say and by what we don't say. We're judged by the quality of our conversation day in and day out, and we also judge others by the kinds of things they say and don't say. When you realize that, it's uh, apparent that um, speech is a tremendous force for good or or ill, but... Um, It's not just on a personal level, it's on a national and international level. For example, calling uh, a nation the great Satan, or calling a nation and a whole people the evil empire, or uh, the axis of evil. These are terms that have a shelf life that seems to just endure forever, and are very hurtful. Uh, Now people are saying terrible things. Some people are saying terrible things about the French. For goodness sake, there are neighbors and brothers, and we talk about them not so jokingly as if they're our enemies. It's uh, crazy.
2: That's right. And we we just, you know, I I think if we are people more aware of uh, what they are building in their consciousness or tearing down that uh, maybe they'd be more uh, conscious of their speech.
1: One of the things that I think is especially important to learn um, as one becomes an adult is to not speak or write when one is upset or angry. It's really dangerous to put your thoughts on paper or in words when you're upset with someone is not appropriate. Wait until you're calm and... uh, more reasonable before you express your viewpoint. So much ill will and hurtful uh, experience could be um, alleviated if people would just wait and calm down before they speak their mind. They run to their computer or to the telephone and express themselves and the damage is done. So there's a lot of discipline and um, uh, self-awareness required to practice right speech. The books of
0: Alice Bailey talk a lot about harmlessness, and how is that defined?
1: Harmlessness in her writings is not what one might think it is, uh, which is negativity or a kind of a passive, um, inactive, uh, meek and mild stance. That's not harmlessness. Harmlessness is perfect poise, she says. It's the completed point of view which I think is a profound thought. Harmlessness is the completed point of view. I suppose in part that implies it's the ability or the capacity to see all sides of an issue and to identify with the many points of view that surround a particular question.
2: Yes, uh, it's, it, the harmless person is one who is taking into account the other the other, whether it's another person or another group or whatever. And it's looking outward and uh, uh, addressing the the needs of that other group and understanding where that other person is coming from.
1: There's a wonderful ancient um, rule um, from the Ageless Wisdom that blends the need for both harmlessness and right speech. It says, Enter thy brother's heart and see his woe, then speak, and that's in, that's behind what you are saying. The ability to see into another person's consciousness, or at least try, to see things from their mm-hmm. um, perspective, to walk that mile in his moccasins, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, speak. Most of us uh, probably speak and do harm because we are expressing ourselves only from our particular isolated personal point of view and without considering um, that another person might view the same situation quite differently.
2: Harmlessness, um, as it says, prepares the way for the inflow of life. Um, It dissipates uh, obstructions uh, and to the free-flowing output of love and... um, It's it's the key, really, to the release of the um, law of nature and the grip of the world of illusions. Uh, So, I mean, it's a very powerful phenomenon uh, with using this this, uh, idea of harmlessness because it it removes so much of the obstructions that uh, block the flow of love,
0: essentially. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and our topic for today is harmlessness and right speech. Uh, uh, we, as I mentioned earlier, we have a uh, gift for you today, and actually it's a paper, and you'll be able to explore the topic we're uh, discussing today in a little greater de- depth by reading that paper. The title of the paper is Harmlessness and Right Speech, and uh, all you have to do is give us a call and order it, and we'll be happy to send it out to you. So to order the uh, paper, uh, Harmlessness harmless and Right Speech, uh, give us a call at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. 695 8247 Once again, that's one 695 8247 The easy way to remember its one eight six ny LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S, Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. Our website is www.lucistrust.org, and also uh, I, I have to say that a lot of people have expressed uh, interest in this show. We have a lot of listeners. We've been on for quite a while now, and uh, what we do need is your help. And uh, all the work of the Lucis Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the Lucis Trust. We're not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program. Uh, we depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. Uh, uh, donations can be sent to... And that's donations, large or small. Altogether, they help pay for the show. Send your donations to Lucis Trust, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, that's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And once again, you can order that gift, and uh, we'll be happy to send it out to you. I just call our toll-free number. Uh, we were speaking about um, uh, how Alice Bailey talks talks a lot about harmlessness. She writes a lot about harmlessness in her uh, in her literature. In her 24 volumes of literature, you'll find it quite frequently. And uh, do you have any more to say about that uh, topic of harmlessness?
1: Yes, I think um, coming back to a point uh, that was made a while ago, it's important that people not think that. To be harmless, you have to be absolutely passive, mute, smile benignly, and nod. It's not that. One can practice harmlessness and still be decisive and even bold in action. Um, It doesn't mean that you just accept evil and uh, do nothing about it. Uh, But I think the conditioning energy behind harmlessness is goodwill. The real incentive of whatever one says or does is goodwill towards all. And when that is the mobilizing energy that uh, drives one's thinking and speech and action, then you can take action, you can take a position, but it isn't going to lead to separation or to real um, harm. It might ruffle feathers momentarily, but the outcome will be good because the motivation is the good of all concerned.
2: Right. It's um, more of a state of mind mm-hmm. that uh, motivates the person. And, uh, for example, even a, a parent that is uh, mm-hmm. uh, is very... Uh, strong in, in um, guiding their children uh, can be very, um, uh, they can tell the children they shouldn't do this and they shouldn't do that, and the children can get very upset and and um, start carrying on. But the parent is, is harmless in his motivation there because he doesn't want the, the child to come to harm. mm mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, really trying to help that child to ag- um, avoid harmful situations that he exercises harmful, harmlessness.
1: I think one of the classic um, mm-hmm. examples of uh, the struggle to be harmless is in the Bhagavad Gita, the uh, great Hindu text. That centers around the struggle of the disciple called Arjuna, who... Uh, was observing a great battle that took place on uh, the plains of India eons ago. And as I recall, the battle involved members of his family on both sides in opposing camps. He didn't know who to side with because he identified with both sides, and he wanted to just sit the battle out, sit on the fence and observe but not take action, not take a position. And Krishna, the soul aspect, uh, insisted that he take a stand, that he get involved and act. Uh, And so harmlessness does not mean that you, you stay out of the fray, that you refuse to engage in life, that you refuse to take a position. That's passivity. But harmlessness is action undertaken for clear and conscious and correct principles. And then uh, acting boldly and abundantly. As the Bhagavad Gita says, when he gave the reins of his decision, the, the authority for his decision over to the soul, he realized what the right action he had to take. He was able to see that all forms constitute the one form, the one soul. And the battle then was over. The soul was in complete control and there was no sense of separativeness in his action. So I think that's a a classic um, discussion of what true spiritual harmlessness is. Much of... India's uh, religious lit- literature seems to deal with the theme of harmlessness. There are the Jains, J A I N S, who uh, are a particular religious group in India that um, practice harmlessness as their main um, guiding uh, principle. In fact, aren't those the people that wear a mask over their faces so they won't swallow a <laughs> bug? That's uh, carrying harmlessness to That's a degree that. <laughs> that yeah. I haven't uh, aspired to. It's but harmlessness
0: it, to a fault, I would <laughs> say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, they, it is something within the Indian culture, apparently, that's very, uh, uh, a very high-value harmlessness, and I, I think it's fascinating to ponder on. Basically, I think it comes down to thought. If we want to lead lives that are harmless, we have to watch what our thoughts are doing because everything originates from what we think. And if we want to be harmless, we have to nip certain lines of thought right in the bud, not give them a chance to even begin to develop, Mm. not entertain certain lines of thought.
2: Yeah, because harmfulness... um is really uh, based on selfishness,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it, or it's on an egocentric attitude, and um, as it, it self
1: serving. Dem-
2: yeah, it demonstrates as a uh, as a forces concentrated for self enforcement or self aggrandizement or self gratification. So um, it in harmlessness. Let's go of that little ego and enable, enables uh, the energy of love to flow, love and understanding. Mm-hmm. Because um, harmlessness uh, springs from uh, a more true depth of understanding and control of the thought processes by the soul, the forces of the soul.
1: There's also. Um, uh, m- an aspect to this that is um, that when we are watchful of what we think aware of the tendency and train of our thought gradually we build in a new and higher rhythm Um, I think the writings of Alice Bailey say it takes about three years I'm not sure but as we train and discipline our thinking and inhibit certain lines of thought gradually the quality of the thinking becomes focused on new and more spiritual and inclusive and loving uh, attitudes and ideas, and old habits of thought, old tendencies to be negative and critical and sometimes mean-spirited are eliminated, they're ejected from the consciousness. And I think that really is how it works. We replace a lesser quality with a greater quality. In other words, we don't obsess constantly on the fact that I am harmful, I'm thinking mean thoughts, I'm terrible, I'm a bad person. No, instead, we f- we focus on being loving, being inclusive, being understanding, being tolerant, being patient. And that, as Martin Luther King said, is the expulsive power of love. It expels all that is not loving and that's how we become harmless
0: it's
2: it's bringing through that soul quality and <coughs> um, releasing oneself from the uh, from the inhibiting factor of the little self the little mm-hmm. ego, the egotism and it's letting go of all of that and uh, that's one of the things that The Buddha was emphasized so much in his life was to rid one's self of uh, all of those barriers that stand in the way to enlightenment Mm -hmm. and uh, all of these barriers that simply bring more suffering. Mm -hmm. And as long as there is suffering in in the individual in his life experience, then he won't, won't achieve that enlightenment
1: and he was able to identify that the personal self the desire to shore up and strengthen the personal individual self at the expense of all others is what causes our suffering and so harmlessness is actually actually liberating and joy producing and if people want to begin to co- cultivate that quality there's actually an evening review given in the books of Alice Bailey that one can work with over a period of time, we're told that we should study our the effects we produce uh, in the world around us, in the reactions that we receive from other people, in the thoughts and uh, responses we receive, because these are reflecting back to us what we are expressing. If we regularly encounter... Um, unpleasant and harmful responses from others, we have to look to ourselves to see what we might be expressing that evokes that response. And so gradually as we study this effect, we learn to discipline our moods and our expression to make them more benign and harmless. Um, But specifically, there is an evening review on harmlessness
2: Yes, and uh, that will be included in that paper that we're going to send out. Uh, There are three levels levels or three parts to this review work. Uh, The first one, I'll just mention the first one, is harmlessness in thought. And this will primarily result in the control of speech. And uh, what is the second one? Um,
1: harmlessness in emotional reaction. That's um, the means by which we become a channel for the love of the soul, controlling our emotional reactions and rendering them more harmless. And, of course, action is the third.
2: Mm, harmless, Harmlessness in action through uh, your actions are harmless. And this will produce poise and uh, skill in action and the release of the creative
0: will
1: so So more information on this is available in the paper if people want to request it oh yeah Mm. if you
0: you would like that gift uh, that we're talking that Sarah and Dale have just been speaking about uh, the gift is a paper and it's going to be sent to you free of charge it'll help you to explore today's topic in a little bit more depth Uh, the title of the paper harmlessness and right speech just give us a call at one 866 695-8247 Ask for the gift uh, uh, Harmlessness and Right Speech It's a paper Call us at 1-866-695-8247 The easy way to remember it 1-866-NY-LUCIS Think of one 866 York lucis Our website, by the way, is www.lucistrust.org You've been listening to Inner Sight Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.
1: From the point of light within the mind of God Let light stream forth into human minds, let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose
0: Audible is making summer a little bit sweeter for Amazon Prime members. For a limited time, you can join for just $4.95 a month for your first three months and enjoy the stories you love outdoors. Use the Audible app and sit poolside with J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or hit the beach with Stephen King's The Outsider. You'll get one credit a month good for any audiobook. Exchange any you don't like. Summer is the perfect time for this Prime member offer. Get it now at audible.com prime